as we're about to go into your word, as we're about to, to dissect your word this evening, Lord, bring it forth to us in a way we can understand. Let the Holy Spirit anoint the word that I'm going to speak. I speak not my word, I speak your word, O Lord. So use me, Lord, as a vessel to communicate your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today again. I'm really, really glad to be here the last day of this conference. Yesterday was very powerful. If you were here, you know that God did a lot yesterday. But today we're going to be continuing. We're going to continue from where we stopped yesterday because of time. I had to split the, uh, the conference to two days. So we'll have enough time to cover everything we're supposed to cover for this topic. Yesterday we talked about we talk about um the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord searching the innermost part of his bed. We have what we focused on yesterday. We talk about um how important our spirit are when it comes to the things of God. We talk about the original design of man and all that. Um today we're gonna to move further. We'll talk about um how we're gonna light our candles, the essence of the light, the flames, the power, the operation of the Holy Spirit, the dimensions of light and all that. So let us pray the Holy Spirit help us this night to cover all these things. And I pray that He bring it down to our understanding. On a later date, you can take down notes or you can take down notes now. In case of any question after the conference, you can just um, post it on the group or you can let me know your questions when the conference has ended. Okay, let's go into what we have today, what God has for us today. Now, we're talking about light, lighting our candles, of establish. Um, we have established yesterday, we established yesterday that the spirit of the man is the candle. So we as believers, our spirit that has been given to us, um, the spirit of God is not is not infused, like it doesn't just infuse our spirit doesn't automatically change the spirit of God because I see many people make this um this this mistake. Um they ask why did you not go to church today? My spirit just tell me not to go. My spirit, my spirit under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, or we are full and filled of the Holy Spirit. It is your spirit bearing witness with the Spirit of God and then working in alignment. Now, if your spirit is the candle, then the Spirit of God is the flame on the candle, the flame on the candle. The candle is useless without the flame. It is the flame that makes the candle um, important, that gives it importance. So without the flame on your candle, your spirit is useless. God cannot to use your spirit to do anything tangible in this kingdom without the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, you as a man, no matter how important or how powerful you are, you think you are, without the Holy Spirit, you are nothing. You are nothing. You are nothing. Now, let's talk about the essence of the flame on top of the candle. First of all, we have to understand that God is the 
the Holy Spirit is the flame, as I've said before. But most people and most Christians do not know how to light their candles. They do not know how they can establish this relationship with God that will help them journey in their Christian faith. We have a lot of Christians who are weak, who cannot sustain their spiritual life. There are some people who, if they miss um, Sunday, if they miss Sunday in church, their spiritual life will die. The only way they draw power um, and draw life from is through gatherings. They cannot establish a strong relationship with the Holy Spirit on their own. This kind of people find it difficult to sustain their spiritual life. And today, after what you're going to be learning today is going to help you for life. You will not need to depend on anybody, but you're able to, you'll be able to build a strong um, spiritual relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, in the days of Pentecost, when 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 the Holy Spirit descended upon the people who apostles of that time, the Holy Spirit rested upon their head like a flame, like a flame, tongues of fire was upon their head. Now, this is the operation of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that he's going to send, okay, John said, He's sending someone that's going to be baptizing with fire. Now, the operation of God, the, the operation of God in the believer's life is to empower the believer, to bring them into the unity of faith and the unity of Christ, where their spirit will be lifted up for kingdom exploit. That is the essence, that is the essence of Christ, the whole ministry of Christ. You want to bring us to that experience, to that place where we'll be able to exercise full kingdom authority and dominion here on earth, where we'll be able to push the work of the kingdom, the gospel to the uttermost um, part of the earth. Now, Jesus gave the disciples an instruction. He said, do not go, do not step outside to try to proclaim the gospel because it will be very dangerous. The, the, the gods of this world, the forces of darkness are there to destroy you. So without the empowerment, if your spirit is not empowered, then you will not survive the circumstances, the situations that will come around you, the attacks of the enemy. So he told them to wait for them to receive receive an empowerment of the Holy Ghost. So they need to be lit. A flame need to come upon their head. The candle need to receive something that will enable it to survive in the natural world. So that was when they, they spent time in the upper room praying and studying the scripture, worshiping God until the Holy Ghost came upon their head like a flame. And from that instant, there was this, from that very moment, there was instant transformation. Everything about their life changed. They receive boldness from nowhere, power from nowhere to function. Now, this same, this same, this same experience is profitable to every believer who will want the Holy Spirit to work in full operation in his or her life. But the problem is today, most people just want it to be done in a very fast and quickly. They want to receive the Holy Spirit today and the same day they want to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And the same day, they just want everything to be done so quickly. No, they don't want to wait. They don't have the time to wait, to pray, to, 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 to cry unto the Lord for God to light, to light their candle. Now, I'm going to give us some very basic things that those people, the people in the upper room, what they did and how they did those things that drew the Holy Spirit. Now we need to have the kind, the right kind of mind. If our mindset is is, is flawed, then everything that God wants to do with our life will will not work. Now let let me take you back to the story of Moses. Now Moses was 
um, called by God to deliver the people of Israelite from the hands of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh had a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of sorcerers, people who, who who connected with evil spirit. So Egypt was run with the with 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 a kind of spirit that God needed somebody who would be so radical who would be able to bring God to reality. So and Moses was chosen. But God had to pass Moses through, um, through, through the term, through the courts of Egypt, through the throne of the Egyptian God. He needed to teach um, Moses all they need to know about Egypt, so that Moses would not be tempted to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. Now, when God started bringing Moses out from from the territory of Egypt, from the territory of um, Egypt, from the palace of Pharaoh, he started to see the need. He to connect with his destiny, you know that something was wrong. This is not where I belong. So the, the Bible says, chosen rather to to suffer the affliction with the people of God and to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. So Moses chose to suffer, not because he did not have everything he needed. He was a prince. He, he had all he needed. But when he began to connect with destiny, he knew that that was not where he was supposed to be. Now God had to take Moses. Had to create the circumstances that would make more take Moses out. Out of Egypt. Now, when Moses was, which is um, was with Jethro in the day uh, in the desert with the Midianites, God was preparing him in the silent places. God did not send Moses back to Egypt to deliver the people until he has received the empowerment, the flame. Not until the flame appeared. He had no permission to go. He had no permission to step into Egypt. If not, he will be killed. So he waited for several, several years to receive that empowerment before he could step into the territory of Egypt. Now, when Moses went back with the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, the people of um, of Egypt, Pharaoh after that time, could not stand the power he came with. It is the same thing with us Christians today. If you are trying to do the work of the kingdom with your intellect and with your with with your mind, with your senses alone, it is going to fail. The enemy will destroy you even before you start. That's why it is expedient for us as believers to ensure that this flame has been lit upon our head, upon our life. Let's let, let me let's go through some some things that we need to do, things that we need to do that will enable this um, flame to come upon our life. Now, as I said before, it is God who lights the flame. The Holy Spirit is the flame. Now, there are some certain things you can begin to do today that will attract the Holy Spirit, that will help the Holy Spirit gain access to your life and your flame will be lit. And if you repeat these things over the course of your Christian journey, it will be easier for you to walk with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go. Number one is total submission. Total submission to the will of the Father. When we became Christians and when we give our life to Christ, many people will say we have given our life to Christ what really happened is that you received salvation. Now, giving your life to Christ is now what calls for submission. It means that it is no longer you that will it, but the Father that will it. So the will of the God, the will of God becomes the most important thing in your life. So you spend your days in prayer seeking the will of God concerning a particular matter. It means that you no longer have a decision on your own. You have 
have to submit to whatever God is saying. Now, a man who will refuse to submit under the will of the Father will be unable to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because not until we have submitted ourselves to the will of God, the Holy Spirit will never have access to our life. Now, the people in the upper room, they spend 120 days. 120 days is, 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 is about three it's about um, four months, four months, if I'm not mistaken, three to four months, depending on, 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 depending on how those days, the days was calculated back then. But those people had to submit. The first day, 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, they haven't seen anything, but they continue to wait. Now, it will take somebody who has submitted his life totally to God and tell God that whatever it takes, I need, I need this empowerment. Even if it takes me 20 days in prayer, 20 days of fasting, if it takes me to wait for a year, it doesn't matter. I will continue to submit here. I see the Holy Spirit in full position in my life. Most of us want these things so quick. We just want a minister to lay his hand upon our life, upon our head, which I know those things are important, but those are the things that will help you to build capacity in the Spirit. If the Holy Ghost is going to come unto you through impartation, it's going to take you, it's going to take you a lot of work to sustain, to sustain these things in your life. So when somebody places his hand upon your head and impacts you with the Holy Spirit, what the person has done is just to give you an access, just to make it's easier for you to climb, to transcend, to climb up that ladder. To, it just makes things easy for you. So if you don't do these things, you you will find out that you will easily fall out and fall back to your carnality. So what you need to do is to submit your heart daily, daily, daily to God. So people will call this dying. You die daily. You submit your will. You tell the Holy Spirit, I have given myself to you. You take plenty time to seek the face of God, to seek the will of God. With this kind of heart, the Holy Spirit will be drawn to you. The next is total dependency. Total dependency. Total dependency. When you depend totally upon God depending upon God with the whole of your heart. Now, Jesus, as powerful as, as he was, he was powerful, he, he had everything he needed, but he still depended upon God. In situations, in trying situations, he still called upon the name of the Lord. Most of us believers and most of us Christians, when it's time for us to depend upon God, we don't. We don't. We think we have the ability to go through some certain situation by ourselves. Now, this is someone who wants the, the Holy Ghost to, to work in his life. He wants the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He wants the flame upon his head to be lighted. But you still depend on your own wisdom. You think you can run the business yourself. You think you can run the educational, the educational journey. You can go through the educational journey yourself. You think you can still depend on your own wisdom to survive. It doesn't work that way. If you claim you have submitted to God, you have submitted your will to God, then you need to totally depend upon Him. Those who throw their, themselves into the arms of the Spirit is who the Spirit will catch. Now, if you want God's fire to be lighted upon your head, if you want that flame to rest upon your life, then there will be a need for you to depend upon God. Now, if you are going to fast, if you are going to pray, if you are going to do whatever it is for the kingdom, if you are going to seek the face of God concerning the matter, then you should let go of all of all your wisdom. The Bible says, 
the Bible says in the, in the book of Proverbs, we, we do not depend upon our understanding. We do not depend on our understanding. But we trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We do not depend on our own understanding. We depend upon God in with, with the whole of our life. So if you are going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, if you are going to receive the light of God upon your head, then you should understand that your own wisdom will fail. When you decide to go on your knees to pray, to tell, tell the Lord you have submitted, you should understand that you cannot do these things by your own. The Holy Spirit is drawn to people who have decided that they cannot do anything on their own. People who have laid down their life and say, Holy Spirit, help me. This race, this journey I'm about to take, I cannot do it on my own. I depend upon you daily. I depend upon you. This thing I'm about to do, I cannot do it without your empowerment. When you begin to cry to the Lord in prayer, when the Lord sees your heart, see how you, how, how much you need his empowerment for the journey you are about to start, for the for, for the business you are about to set up, for the ministry you are about to go into. When he sees this kind of stuff going on in your heart, the Holy Spirit will literally be drawn to you. So this this is where, where people will cry for days, depending, submitting to submitting on God, telling God that I know I know I have acquired so many degrees, but still yet I am not enough. I need you. I need you. I depend upon you. This is the kind of mindset that draws the Holy Ghost. Now, he will rest upon your life. And when you rest upon your life, throughout your journey of faith, you will learn to depend upon him per second, per second, per minute, per minute, per hour, per hour. The next is yieldedness. Years ago, I was I was reading a book written by Kishikuma, and those words never, never left me, never left me. She was like, God does not look for golden vessels, silver vessels, um, God is not looking for for vessels that are made of the 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 the, the, the most expensive stone. He's not looking. God is just looking for yielded vessels. Simple. The more we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, the more He will use us. So many of us may have received the flame, the fire of the Holy Spirit before in our life. We may have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But over time, we see ourselves going back to normalcy. We see ourselves going back to our past. We see the, we see we, we, we no longer experience the joy of fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. We see our life cold. We see everything back to normalcy. It is because we have refused to yield. Yieldedness is something that is very difficult to do, especially if you are a believer. What does it mean to yield? Yieldedness, to yield means to open yourself up for the Holy Spirit to use, to open yourself up daily, to open yourself up daily in prayers, telling the Holy Spirit, take control, take control. I want to know what you are about to do. I want to know your mind concerning this matter. Yieldedness is continually opening yourself, your spirit man up to the Holy Ghost. And this can only be done through prayer, deep meditation on God's word and and opening, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal His Word to you. By the time you continue to do this on the daily, you are opening your spirit to the Holy, you are opening your spirit up to the Holy Ghost. You are opening your spirit man to the Holy Ghost. When this is done repeatedly over time, you see that it will become it will become easy for you to descend the will of the Holy Spirit for your life. The things you want to do, the voice of the Holy Ghost will become very, very clear. The amount of which you yield is the amount of which the Holy Spirit 
spirit will use you. So if you are not enjoying a rich relationship with the Holy Ghost, it means that you have not been yielding over time. You have been resisting His work. The Holy Spirit might tell you today you are not going out. He's calling for consecration. I want you to stay ten days at home and 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 meditate on the on the on the Word of God. Let me open up things to you. But when you look at other activities of life, how am I going to make money? How am I going to do my business? How am I going to do this? Then then see that it might be very difficult for you to yield. You might begin to give excuses. Oh Lord, please understand. I know you understand. Our God is a God that understands. So you go about your business. The Holy Spirit is telling you this night, I don't want you to sleep. I want you to tarry in the place of prayer so that I'll be able to reveal things to you. But we still give excuses. Oh Lord, I'm tired. I've been busy throughout the day. How will I yield? When you when you don't open your spirit man up to the Holy Ghost, then you, everything will become very dry. You need to yield. We need to yield our life daily to the Holy Ghost. Yieldedness. Yieldedness. Then the next is total obedience. Total obedience. Total obedience. The last instructions Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven was for the disciple to wait. Now, without obedience, it will be impossible for you to walk with the Holy Spirit because every act of disobedience draws the Holy Spirit away from you. When the Holy Spirit gives an instruction, okay, you have been praying, you have been fasting for days, the next thing you need to do is to take so 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 amount and so into that ministry or support that orphanage or support those people who are homeless or do something. When you, then you begin to think in your heart, ah, the Holy Spirit cannot tell me to do such kind of things. It's not, it's not possible. Every act of disobedience can, can destroy the relationship you have been building with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive and he will not condone an act of disobedience. So if you learn, if you learn to obey God, if you learn to obey God, every act of obedience push you up into the next dimension in God. Now, Moses had received an instruction from God. He said, okay, I'm going to send you to Egypt to deliver my people. When you go there, do like this, throw your staff down. If Moses had disobeyed, all those things would have not happened. Then when, when, when he was faced with the Red Sea, he had received an instruction. He said, stretch your, your, your rod and the sea will be divided. It looks like it's not, it's not logical. It looks senseless. So sometimes when the Holy Spirit is telling us to do some things for our own good, it may, it may not make sense but we just need to learn to obey. One of the things that sets David apart from Saul was because latter. So if you as a believer, you are not ready to walk in obedience, like total obedience, okay, sorry about that, it was a network issue. Spirit will help us today. So I was talking about obedience. We need as believers to totally submit if we want the power of the Holy Spirit, the flames of the Holy Spirit to rest upon our life and for us to sustain the flame. We need to submit, we need to yield, and we need to obey. When we continually repeat these things in our life, through prayers, through study, through our actions, it will be easy for the fire that has been given to us. When we notice that we are no longer submitting our life or depending on the Holy, you know, depending on the Holy Spirit or you, 
daily to the flesh, opening our spirit up and obeying the instructions of the spirit, then we 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 we, we should go back to God in prayers and continue to cry that God should help us should help us because this is the challenge of many believers. The, the situations of life, the things we go through, the distractions here and there make it very difficult for these things, for us to do these things on a daily. We find it difficult to yield because we are so busy. We find it difficult to submit because we have our own natural desires at work. We find it very difficult to depend on the Holy Ghost because we think we have learned all there is to life. So when we find ourselves going far from these things, it's time we cry to the Holy spirit cry to god holy spirit help me lord help me let these things be evidence in my life let these things not put out my flame now we're going to go to the next to the, to, to the next part which is the oil now it is impossible for anything to burn for anything to burn there must be a source and the source most times the source most times is um is the oil in the ancient time people had lamps and those lamps were 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 emitted by special oil. Now the operation of the Holy Spirit is the same. Now, if you remember the story of the ten virgins, you understand that the the only thing they did wrong, the foolish virgin did wrong, was that they refused to carry um, extra oil. Now, for so many years, I have been thinking, how what is this oil that the five foolish residents did not carry what did they not do right like what was the extra oil that they, they failed to carry that made them that made that made their master shut them out now over time i have come to understand that when the bible talk about the anointing the oil of the holy spirit it's it is in two. It is in two. It, it is given in two different dimensions. Two different um, explanation can be given depending on the context. The Bible is trying to explain that oil. Now we have read that the the oil that unity is like an oil flowing from the head of Aaron. We have already that scripture down to his beard and planted his head when brothers joined together in unity. Now, from that scripture, it gives us a nice insight to how um, the anointing, the oil of the Holy Ghost, how it operates. Now, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the move. Operation is operation on earth, how he moves, how he heals people, how he uplifts life, how he gives hope, how he saves people. All the operation of the Holy Spirit as he moves among men. We can tell me the anointing, we can tell me the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, the other aspects of the of the oil is where we need to sustain the power, the operation of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, there are things that's and that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to talk about the anointing of the Holy spirit i'm going to talk about i'm going to talk about the oil that is needed to sustain the flame upon our head because without an oil the flame will not burn so there are things that need to be seen in a believer's life to sustain the power over time when you begin when these things are evident in your life it will be difficult for the devil to plant anything in you things around you will not be able to quench your flame now we're going to talk about those things in details the first is passion 
Now, thank you. The first is passion, the second is love, and the third is sacrifice. These three things, if they are not evident in your life, they are not evident in your life, it will be difficult for you as a believer to walk in the power and the operation of the Holy Spirit. It will be difficult for you to bring down the realities of the kingdom to the physical world. The devil will toy with you, the devil will deceive you, the devil will give you a sense of spirituality, but there will be no power evident in your life. You will perform every spiritual rite, every spiritual, every traditional Christian practices, Practices, but there will be no power in your life. Now, if you read through Timothy, he said they are having a form, a form of godliness, but they are denying it. They are denying the power. We have a lot of Christians today who go to church. They do everything right. They read their Bible two times a day. They pray in the morning or in the evening. But their, their life is lacking the power. They know everything there is in the scripture. They have spent donkey of years in the church. But there's nothing in their life to show that these people are truly Christians. With the answer you put this Christian under certain types of pressure, they see every form of wickedness emanating from their life. Then you begin to ask, these kind of people that have spent years and are doing everything that the Christians should do that are doing this and doing that. How come? How come that these people are still not yet empowered? When the devil push them, they fall. When any situation hit them, they blow up and begin to complain. Their life is nothing that they are, they are, they are, they are perfect opposite of who Christ, of who Christ have affected their life. It is because these things are lacking. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Now let's talk about passion. Passion is one of the things that have driven men to do great and mighty things for God. The Holy Spirit cannot rest upon a man's life and he will not have passion for God. Passion will push a man to go 40 days without eating to trek through the desert to preach the word of God. Passion is what will push a man to go through jungles, be beaten by mosquitoes, to be beaten by men, to enter unknown territory for the gospel, the passion. Passion. There's the desire that is planted by the Holy Spirit that will not allow a man rest. You will continually keep hearing the cry of the Holy Spirit in your soul. This unsatisfaction that is rooted in the depth of your soul. That is what that is what will sustain the fire. And if that is lacking in your life, then you will become just like an empty shell. What the Holy Spirit does when it comes upon a man's life is to plant passion first, because with passion you will be able to conquer whatever it is for God. But if that, if that passion is not there, if that passion is not there for Christ, if you live your life, if you live your life just like every other believer, it will be difficult for you to do something tangible for God in this kingdom. What people are trying to do today is they are telling to tell you, oh, it is just good for you to live a normal Christian life, go to church, come back, do things, just let everything be done, let everything be done on its own way, let everything be done okay, don't do just, don't practice this Christianity thing too much, it is not possible, that was not the gospel that was given to us. The very moment that Paul, the apostle, received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When he was prayed for him and his eyes was open, that very moment he was driven to preach the word of God. He never waited. He never waited another second. He never said, mm, "Maybe I'll start next week. Maybe I'll start next year." Immediately he was on the go for Jesus. Passion. What have happened to our passion? What have happened to our passion? The things of this life, 
Like I said yesterday, are the enemies, are the enemies of the things of the spirit. The, natural, the limitations in the natural world is our enemy. It's our enemy to what God is, the enemy to what God is trying to achieve through our life. Both of us have been marked for great things in the kingdom, have been given great and mighty work for the kingdom, but our lack of passion have, 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 have brought us so low that the devil has begun to play on our mind. But we're going to go further to love. Now, passion and love, they are very similar, but passion has its own place. We can be very passionate about something, but something can happen that will lose that desire to feel passionate about that particular stuff we are so passionate about. Now, you can be passionate about, um, looking for a perfect example to use. Okay, let me use this about example. You might be passionate about helping the poor, very passionate about it you just want to see a lot of um, poor people elevated live a better life and all that but when challenges begin to step in what is going to keep you is not passion anymore it is love now why would paul be ready to give his life the the, the agabus prophesied if you go back to Jerusalem, if you go back to Jerusalem, you will be killed. They tried as much as possible to stop Paul from going back, but he refused. He was ready to give even his life. What would make a man go to that extent of sacrificing, sorry, of giving his own life for the work of the kingdom? It is the genuine love, the love of God. I don't know how to explain this part. I don't know how to explain this, but there's a way you grow in God where nothing on earth matters, be it money, be it riches, be it children, be it houses, be it education nothing will matter because that love has gained as has, has has done something to you you can't explain it people will ask why is it that you are ready to give so much for this god there's some things you cannot just explain because you have been propelled by the love of god when you understand we have gone grown in the depths in the depths of love when the holy spirit have revealed some certain things about this kingdom to you it will be impossible for you to look at life the way you are looking at life you know that everything in life is meaningless if it is not giving to the work of the kingdom everything in life is meaningless if it is not relating to the work of the kingdom so you are ready to sacrifice even your own life for the work of the kingdom to progress now that love that love that love that will do anything for jesus that is what the holy spirit plants upon a believer's life that is the essence of the flame so that when you begin to walk for god when you begin to do things for god you will not attribute those things to yourself you will give glory to the spirit and glory to god knowing that you are doing those things out of genuine love for god and for the for his work and for the souls of men for people to be saved into the kingdom that love of god will extend to people that are lost so when people see you chasing after the souls of men without Nobody, nobody is paying you, nobody is giving you any money, nobody is appreciating you, people may not clap for you, but that love extending to the people of the world that are lost will push you to do more. People cannot understand, they will keep asking you, what is your pay? What are you gaining from these things you are doing? You can't explain it, but something called the love of God is pushing you, and that is what the Holy Spirit, the flames of the Holy Spirit will establish in your life. Now, when people talk about the flame of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, sorry, the flame of the Holy Ghost, we mostly talk about only the power dimension. I'm still going to talk about that later, but we don't really talk about 
things. And that is where we miss the point. When a man begins to walk under the power of the Holy Ghost, if he is not responsible for that power, it will lead to destruction because power without responsibility is destruction. Even if you walk in the dimensions of the power of the Holy Spirit by the giftings of God in your life, there is every possibility that at the end of the day you will not be saved without the love of God fully established in your life. Because why would you think that Jesus will say that people will come to him on the last day and say, Lord, we did this, we did that, we did mighty miracles, we healed the sick. Jesus does not, he's not interested in most of those things. What he's trying to look for, what he, what he wants in your life is to see that that Lord, that Lord is rooted in your life and through that love you have been able to bring people to the kingdom and for that you are giving glory to him. So he's not interested with how many people fell down your program or how many blind eyes were able to open. Yes, you did those things, they were good, but that's not what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for that genuine love. Is this thing in your heart? In the last days, the love of many will grow cold. People will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, boastful. They will become all sorts of things. They will chase after them, after the pleasures of this life. Like we are seeing today, everybody has his pains towards making money, how they can increase in wealth. They are comparing their wealth with each other, trying to see how they can grow, they can they can go find the society. They are ready to do anything to work, to do whatever it takes just to make make sure that they prove a point in the society today. People are lovers of money. If in Nigeria, the thing, when you go out, what you hear people talking about is money. How do you make more money? Man, if you don't have money, you are not in this, that poverty will kill you, all those kind of stuff. I'm not trying to say more having money is bad, but when we begin to prioritize some things above the kingdom of God, then it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. When we begin to worship money as a God, it becomes a problem. When the love of money begins to draw us away from the things of the spirit and from the things of the kingdom, it becomes a problem. When we no longer love God and we decide to put our activities first, our beneficial to our flesh before the kingdom, there becomes a problem because a man cannot genuinely love God and decide to watch the kingdom of God suffer and decide to watch the kingdom of God be little and decide to watch the kingdom of God going down and not doing anything about it. It's not possible. If you truly, you genuinely love God, you will, can, you, will, you will give everything you have to see that this kingdom we are trying to build is established. It's established. We're reading a book last week that was recommended to me by one of my father, um, George Muller, the autobiography of George Muller. I was so inspired with what he would, with, 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 with what he did. He, he, he said something in his book. He said, he said, money is worth nothing and to be used for the work of the kingdom, and life is worth nothing and to be used for the service of the kingdom. This is someone who has tapped into that dimension of love where he knows that nothing, every resources have been given opportunities to be used for the work of the kingdom. Love. Do we love Jesus? We preach love, we talk love, but we don't show love. It's written in the scripture that we can do everything there is. We can obey the scripture cover to cover. But if the Holy Spirit has not teach us love, we have not started the journey. The last one is sacrifice. We want comfort. We want to be comfortable. We love our comfort so much and we can do anything for our comfort. 
whatever we inconvenience us, mm, we don't want, we don't want to, we don't want it. But we have been called to a life of sacrifice. The, the early Christians did not have it easy, and so we will not have it easy. Forget about the gospel that is going around today, a gospel of comfort and ease. That is not the gospel that was presented to us. That wasn't what the scripture taught us. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, he said, if men persecuted me, they will do so to you, and even worse, they will do so to you. So uh, there is need, need, deep need for us to sacrifice. There are times we are going to give our all for this work to continue. Let me go back to George Muller. People that were working around George Muller at that point, because he, he established he established a, he established a foundation, an orphanage to take care of the children that have okay, people that have lost their parents and all that. So he was trying he was trying to see how he can help those children, raise them up in a godly manner, and provide everything they will need to grow up in a good condition. But he had staff, he had people working with him. There were times he wasn't able to pay the pay the staff that were working with him, that the staff had to sacrifice even the little they have for the children to eat. Now, these were people that were, these were Christians, but they understood that this is the work of the kingdom. So they had to sacrifice even when they were not being paid for a, for a little while. The little they had, they had to also give it out so that the work of God will continue. We have been taught a gospel of comfort, of ease, where we, everything will go smoothly with us. And unfortunately, that's not the gospel. There are times where we need to give our all. There will be times where we will be tried as if we are going to face death. There are times we are going to have our faith tested beyond measure. But what God is promising us in those moments of test and sacrifice will be with us. If you are a Christian and you and you claim you love God, but when it comes to you sacrificing, that means you have not, and you refuse, and you cannot. That means you have not yet known the Holy Spirit because the flame upon your head when you see a need and it calls for your sacrifice, not your sacrifice of your money, sacrifice of your time, Time, sacrifice of your of your of, of relationship with your family you will need to go away from your family you will need to give up comfort you need to give up so many things in this life people may be enjoying the same thing you may have to cut some certain things that are good just because you are ready to sacrifice some things for the kingdom if that is not part of your christian experience it means you have been sleeping because the when the holy spirit lights lights come upon your life like a flame there are some certain things in your life that will shift there are some certain things that will not remain, even though those things are good. How will somebody decide to live on, on, on 5% of every income that come upon his life, giving 95% away to the work of the kingdom? It is sacrifice. And one good thing about sacrifice is everything that is sown to the work of the kingdom is not a waste. Because Jesus said, it's a lay up treasures in a place that you cannot, that robbers cannot enter and it cannot be destroyed by moths. He said, you can give, you can, you can, you can spend all the money on this flesh. But one day, this body you so much took time to glorify, to glorify, to wash, to clean, to beautify, to feed, will lie one day in the dust rot away. It is the people you were able to impact, the people's souls you were able to draw from the pit of hell, the people you were able to give access to light that will stand up and speak on the last day and say, if it were not for him, I would have been wasting away in hell. And the heaven will take record of those things you did and say, 
this person must be rewarded. Daniel says, the book of Daniel says, he who wins his soul, his wife, his, his wife, he who turns men into righteousness will shine like the glory of the stars forever. There is a glory that awaits us that, that the human mind cannot comprehend. There is a glory that awaits us that we cannot understand. So when we when the Holy Spirit brings us to such an experience, we are ready. We are ready. We are ready to, to, to sacrifice whatever it is just for that glory. Abraham understood this principle. He understood it. That was why he was ready to sacrifice his son. Because he has so much work with, the, with God, with the Spirit of God, that the Holy Ghost has opened his eyes to the glory that was set before him. So he knew that even if he was to sacrifice his son, God is, can, can provide more than that. He knows that God is God will be able to keep his word, so he was ready to sacrifice his son. A lot of Christians today, a lot of believers, when it comes to sacrifice, they are out. A believer that cannot come early to church, that cannot sacrifice closing the shop early or leaving the class early just to be there on time, is it that believer that will be ready to sacrifice his life? A believer that cannot spare a few paper notes from the bank, a few currency, is that a believer that will be ready to sacrifice their life? Telling you what the Holy Spirit, when He come upon your life like it flame, what He will do, the workings He will do in the innermost part of you, we see that that is why it is very difficult for us today to sustain our work with the Holy Spirit. Now we see why it's difficult for us to sustain our work with the Holy Spirit because almost all these things are absent from our life. We receive the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in power, want to heal the sick, want to raise the dead, want to speak in tongues for hours, not knowing that these are not even what the Holy Spirit is looking for. There are things the Holy Spirit wants to use our life to do, but we are not giving Him access. We have lost our passion. We have lost our love. We have refused to inconvenience ourselves for Him to walk with us. And so day in, day out, we continually resist the spirit. Let me go further. I don't have time. I don't even know that time has gone like this. Let's read the scripture. Job 29, verse 3. That will lead me to the next point. Job 29, verse 3. He says, when his candle shine upon my head and by his light, I walk through the darkness as I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was on my tabernacle. That scripture holds a lot of secret. First it says, when the candle of the Lord shine upon my head, and by his light I walk through the darkness. Now I want to talk about the dimensions of light. Now the, the light of God is, 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 is in two dimensions. First of all, we have the light of God that shines upon our head, which we call wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of illumination. Now, when the Holy Ghost come upon your upon your life like a flame, 
the one of the properties of the flame is that it's lighting, it lightens have the attribute of light. Now, the Holy Ghost, the first dimension, we give you access to wisdom, secrets. It says, when the secret of God will upon my tabernacle, there is, there is a way you walk with the Holy Spirit that there, there, there are some revelations that are not worthy to be uttered to men will be opened up to you. That is why when John, John, when John, in first, second, third John, there were things that the Spirit revealed to John. It was unworthy for him to say those words because the time has not come. It was seen it was sealed. Those things were sealed for men, men. So there, 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 there are things shallow Christians will never be able to assess, no matter how many people preach to them. Even if they preach from tomorrow to, to from to, from from tomorrow to the end of the day, to the end of their age, they will never get it. Except the Holy Ghost open up some things up to your spirit, it will be impossible for you to get those things. You will never understand. The Bible says, a man can never understand the things, the things of the Spirit can never understand. Even Solomon says, the Spirit of God it cannot be understood. The things of the Spirit are so complex that as we cannot understand how a baby is formed from the womb, so can we not understand. Those are basic spiritual principles for carnal men that cannot understand. But if we truly want to understand the secrets of God, there is a light that needs to come upon your head, a light that needs to come upon your soul that will open up things that you never thought exist, that never thought is possible. There's a wisdom you will begin to walk, walk in. Wealth will not be a problem. Sickness will not be a problem. Limitations of this life will just bow before you. There's a wisdom that will be operational in your life that you will begin to commune with spirit. Like you don't even need to open your mouth to pray. Your spirit will be will just continue to commune with with spiritual spiritual brain. The, the people that are there at the cloud that are in the cloud of witness that are witnessing the things that have been done and will be done in future. You just begin to 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 do things that people will think that are not normal. I don't know how to explain this thing so we can understand. I'm trying as much as possible to bring this thing down to understanding. But there's a wisdom of God you will, you will gain access to that, that some things in your life will not just remain the same. Paul was taken into the first, second heavens and he, he received secrets. He said there were things that could not be uttered, that he could not just say those things because they were sealed. Today we have a lot of people who have a lot of voice, but they don't have any devotion. They, they, they just look at people who minister on stage and they just say, mm, let me just replicate the same thing. Thing they say they try to mimic people, they try to sound what inside them they are empty, they lack wisdom and knowledge, they lack the wisdom of their spirit. Because when man is talking from a standpoint of wisdom, we know because what comes out of that man's mouth is life and power. Because when he, when, he, when a man is talking from the point of revelation, the revelation does not come. It comes with light. So when the light of God is upon your head and the secret of God has been revealed unto you, when you begin to speak, what comes out of you is light, power. So when you enter into the life of people, it begins to wrap 
mature their soul. So when you begin to see people speak and demons are shaking, it's not just because they are speaking, because because it's not only because they are they just want to speak or maybe they are doing those things by themselves. It's because the wisdom of God that comes with the power of God, with the light of God, is hitting their souls that even the demons and the devil cannot withstand such. A lot of people are. I don't know what happened, but I just pray the Holy Spirit. I don't know what happened. I just pray the Holy Spirit. We, we help us. We help us live this form of Christianity we think we are practicing. We help us live this form of Christianity that we think we have arrived, not knowing that when it comes to the matters of God, we have not started. The wisdom of God that will stand upon our head like a light. That we will no longer depend on the philosophies of men. That we will no longer strive to be speaking. You can, even if a man is not educated, he has not gone to school, cannot speak English. There is a wisdom that man will assess that when you begin to speak, Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth will never had the opportunity to, to, to be educated. But when, if you read Smith Wigglesworth's book, when you are reading his book, you will be shaking, literally shaking. You will literally feel power entering into your body. He did not go to school. He was not educated. He only learned to read from his wife. The wife taught him how to read and to write. That was all. But such people, they tarried until a certain wisdom was deposited into their life by the Holy Ghost. I don't want to spend too much time here. Then the second type of light is the light for direction. The light for direction. The word of God is a light onto my feet and a lamp onto my paths. When the Holy Spirit is in full operation, you take it to that dimension in God where you are no longer confused. I I find it funny when many believers are saying, oh, I am just confused. I don't know what to do. And you claim you have the Holy Spirit working in your life. There's a dimension you go, you will get to that. Everything that is supposed to happen to your life, you will know. You can't just explain it, but you will know. You will know that some things are going to happen. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, what not to do, the direction to take, who to meet, who to follow. There are times I've prayed when I've prayed, I've prayed in the night. I was supposed somebody called me, one of the ministers around town. Yeah, that was last year when I was trying to start to put things together for the outreach. I was praying in the night, and the Holy Spirit mentioned, He said, Don't go to this person. Do not go to this person. And over time, I knew that if I had gone to that person, maybe everything I wanted to do here would have been destroyed. So the Holy Spirit so much knows that this world we live is filled with wolves. People who claim to be Christians, but they are not. People who are who are hiding under a mask. Wickedness. People who are, who are ruled by Satan. And if we are not careful, we will fall into the hands of the enemy. So that is why it is needful for us to walk in that dimension of the light where, where we will be directed by God. Our life will be controlled by God. Every aspect of our life will be controlled by God. We don't just wake up one morning and say that I want to travel to this place and you travel to no. Things don't work like that. There are 
core decisions in life that you cannot take without the Holy Spirit being involved. And if you have not learned by the Holy, if you have not willing to work with the Holy Spirit to access that dimension in God, where you'll be able to know your direction, then when those moments in life, they call those kind of, they call those moments in life across road where you need to make decisions that will influence your destiny when those moments come you are liable to choose wrongly because most times those those kind of decisions they don't always seem to favor us they don't seem to favor us imagine the holy spirit propelling paul to go to his place of his death now no other person could understand everybody was prophesying but it was a confirmation that he needed to go but everybody was seeing that um prophecy that was coming to him as for him to avoid going to Jerusalem. But if Paul had not gone to Jerusalem, he would have not been able to minister to the Roman, to, 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 to the one who was in the, um, how, how they call him, to the king, to the Roman leader. He would have not had access to, 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 to minister before king. And if you go back to the book of Acts, before Paul, when Paul was called, he says that I have called him to suffer many things for him, for him to minister to the Gentiles, and to kings so you see when the holy spirit starts working with us he gives us direction so if you are if if in life you are confused you don't know what to do you don't know what direction to take it means your work with the holy spirit is weak it means your work with the holy spirit have not yet been built so every day of our life as the holy spirit works with us he opens our spirit up he takes us to that dimension that plane of life where he laid down the the things that are to come in our life he shows us when this Path come take this path. Periston several years ago was talking, he was ministering. He said it came, he came to a point in his life where it was very difficult for him to make some certain decisions. Not until he began to journey in the spirit, praying daily. Then he had a revelation, he saw two doors, two doors of ministry open unto him. And one of the doors he saw prosperity and he saw things going easy. But when he looked at the end of the door, he saw a, a beast waiting to eat him up. Then he saw another another door. It was it wasn't very okay. It was it was very bad. A lot of potholes up and down. And the Holy Spirit had told him that that is the road he needed to take. When he woke up, he knew exactly what to do. Now, if he had followed the right order, the right the path that seemed right, it would have leaded him to destruction. So when you come to that part in life, when you are looking for who to marry, who to spend the rest of your life with, what kind of job should you go? Those things have already been written down in the books, in the scrolls. So all you need to do is to ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me the direction I need to take so that I can know what to do. Those things have already been written. Those things have already, like I said yesterday, that before, written in our spirit, is is the things we needed to the things we need to achieve in our life everything about our destiny has already been deposited in our spirit so when we connect with the holy spirit okay take it like this now your spirit is there the flame is upon the candle now the flame is upon the candle now you can you cannot begin to search search you cannot begin to search the innermost part of you now god cannot bring you to revelation the direction you should take the things you should do what you should put to to make your death to make you to that'll make you uh, that'll make you go um arrive at the place of your destiny now believers christians always making the wrong decision going the wrong path somebody will walk through us throughout his life 
only to end up at a dead end. You might make, you might end up making millions of dollars, but just for you to realize that you have been on the wrong road for too long. In this kingdom, we do not judge our destiny by the amount of money we are to make. We judge our destiny by, 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 by the its alignment with what was written before we were born. Because every man has something that was written about him before they were born. I was reading a, a, a blog post. Um, please help me to remember his name. Popular Hollywood, um, Jim Carrey. Yes, Jim Carrey was his name. Um, after years and years of his of his fame in Hollywood and all the things he has done, all the money he has acquired. He came and said, oh, I do not feel fulfilled. I feel empty. I felt I have left, lived in the wrong kind of life. I have only lived the life people wanted me to live. And now I have come to this point in my life. I do not want all these things. I just want this thing inside of me to be filled. So many people have left the part of their destiny. They do not pay attention. They just want to do what is profitable to them. No. No, there's a dimension in God. That when we are saying, when people ask us, what is your plan for the next five years? We answer them by, I do not have a plan. I only follow the plan of the spirit. So what you should be asking me is, what is the spirit's plan for your life for the next five years? The two dimensions of light. One on your head, and one to lighten your path. One to give you the wisdom, and one to direct you. If the Holy Spirit is going to light our candles, these are the things that will be evident in our life. Now, the third dimension, which is the dimension of power, the power dimension of his life. And this is what we mostly talk about. This is what everybody crave for. And now, the reason why people crave the power of the Holy Spirit is not to do the work of ministry. It's not to contribute to the life of people is so that they will feel big is so that they will be celebrated like one of the men one of the great men of god so they will be celebrated like father like fathers of faith now that is where we get it wrong that is where we get it wrong somebody said okay i was reading a book um virgin quick limitless by jim quick though it's not a christian book but I also draw inspiration. The Holy Spirit most times uses this book to minister to me. He said, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and also with great responsibility comes great power. It is two sides. Now, we have a lot of people who want the depths of God's power without the anchor of responsibility. It doesn't work that way. When you begin to desire the power of the Holy Spirit for a show of, for sensation, to make yourself feel big, so that you can record your name as one of the fathers of faith, you have already filled. You might pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Through persistence and by knocking the gates of heaven, you might be given the power, but never will you be able, you will never be, you will never be recognized and be celebrated in the life to come. Yes, there's a way you will press and pray, pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and tarry and tarry and fast. Your spirit will expand and the realities of the spirit will be open to you. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do great things, but you will not be recognized on the other side. That is why 
Like Jesus said that there are so many people we celebrate today, though they are very small when we get to that kingdom. He says so many people that think they are the greatest in this kingdom, they will be the least in the kingdom of God to come. So when we read the scripture, we do not understand certain things. It is not about how much we are able to use the power of God. It is about what is driving us to use that power, our responsibility for the kingdom. So if we want to ask, says if we want the Holy Spirit to open us up to the power dimension of God, we should be ready to bear the responsibilities that comes with it. The heaven does not waste resources. Every resources, everything that is given to, to you by God, you are responsible for it. Any misuse of that resources, you will answer for it. It is simple. Be it money, time, fame, wife, family, name it including the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is given as a gift, you are responsible for it. So we do not look for the power of God to be great. Neither do we look for the power of God to show off. Neither do we look for the power of God. So when I see people saying things like, oh God, make me like one of those great men. Oh God, oh God, make me like one. Let my name be recorded like one of the fathers of faith. Oh, in my generation, those are not the essence. The fathers of faith we are looking up to never cry that kind of cry. They never prayed that kind of prayer. Their only desire was to see the kingdom of God expand. Their only desire was to see the kingdom of God progress. Their only desire was to see that the realities of the kingdom was brought before men. men. So when they cried to God, they were not crying for power. They were crying that lives be touched, life be changed, and souls be won. But we have missed the point. We can spend time in church praying to God, Lord, help me to win. Help me to open blind eyes, to heal the sick and to raise the dead. They are good, but we are getting it all wrong. The power of God was given for the work of the kingdom and for the work of ministry to expand the kingdom of God. That is what the Spirit is looking after. So we might cry, we might pray, we might sing, we might dance, we might talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we might talk about dimensions of a power, we might talk about the ability to heal the sick and to raise the dead. Even some people, God has given them the power, but they have refused to do anything about it. They will spend, they rather spend all their time crying to God, give me power, give me power. And they leave the prayer point, the prayer priest charging the spirit and it ends there. For them to take the steps of faith to go out to the world to actually practicalize those things they have been they have been taught, they have been praying to God for, they don't. And so we see Christianity the way it is. Christianity at the level it is. Christianity being mocked. To the people of the world, we call us that all we know how to do is to pray. We have nothing to show for it. When, will we, when are we going to leave this kind of Christianity we practice? When people see the way I take the things of the kingdom, they keep asking me, you do not have anything you are doing, you do not have anything. I have chosen to live by faith. I have decided to give my all to the work of the kingdom, to sacrifice whatever I take, to ensure that my life will be a worthy sacrifice for this kingdom. Power or no power, strength or no strength, glory or no glory, whatever it takes, whatever it will entail. Whatever it takes, my life has been sold as a seed 
for the work of the kingdom to progress. I do not have a life. I do not have a life as I speak. The only life I have is in Christ, and it has been dedicated for God for the work of the kingdom. I do not crave after power. I crave after the things of the spirit. I crave after the things that God will be able to use me to achieve in the life of men. We had Duncan who said that the time he prayed for power, Lord, I'm praying for the sick. They do not recover. What is wrong? He will pray, he will pray, he will pray, he will pray. And then he came to the understanding that, oh, there's something I'm missing. There's something I'm missing. The Holy Spirit is more willing to use us than we are more willing to look for his power. Let us set our light, our mind, our rights, and let us light our candles. Let the flame of God rest upon our life so we can truly walk in this dimension. The dimension of wisdom, direction, and of his power. That when God genuinely vests his power upon our life, we will see the pure flow and the pure move of the Holy Spirit. So many people that came into the power of the Holy Ghost this way, they were so empowered by God. But the devil began to twist their mind and the power became corrupted. So they could still do those mighty work, but in heaven they were caught away. That is why we see men like Alexander Dewey was so powerful in God. He was so, 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 so powerful, used by God, but he was eaten by worms the very moment he decided to, to go against, against the principles of God. He said, I am the Elijah to come. And when he violated some things from the, from the scripture, even when he was being eaten by worms, he was dying and eaten by worms, but he was still able to do some mighty works. That means there are a lot of people around us that can bring forth the glory of God and do mighty work. I need to set our mind right. Sorry for the break. We need to set our mind right. We need to ask God for forgiveness for taking the things of the kingdom. So, so we think the things of the kingdom is just things we can play with. We need to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Wherever you are, I just want you to cry. Cry to the Holy Spirit. Shakanamalakatash. I'm not only speaking to us, I'm also speaking to myself also. Hope, Spirit of the Living God, we ask for mercy, for trivializing your grace. And for taking the things of the kingdom for granted. Holy Spirit, we cry before you that the pure flames be upon our life, that our candles will be lighted. Oh Jesus, we have drifted away. We have drifted away from the paths set before us. They have been distracted by the things of this world. 
We do no longer know what it is to walk with your spirit. Oh, Jesus, we cry. We cry before you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we cry. We cry, we cry, we cry, we cry. We cry, we say, Lord, have mercy. Light our candles. Light our candles, Jesus. Light our candles. Light our candles. We pray for your fire, your fresh fire, the fresh flames of the Holy Ghost. Lord, Holy Spirit, you rest upon everyone listening to the sound of my voice. Rest upon their life. Rest, rest, rest. Shakata nana nanikata. Eline zukalata shata namana kayatayata nikato. I hope you are crying and I hope you are praying. I will no longer take your grace for granted. I will no longer take your resources for granted. Oh, Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Like a candle. Like me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Like a candle. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord. Like a candle. Light me, Lord. Light me, Lord, light me, Lord, like a candle, light me, Lord. For the ways of the Lord is the way of wisdom. I choose the way of the Lord. Show me the ancient path, lead me along, attain a highways. We want to know the fullness of Jesus. We want to enter his rest. Show us the ancient path, lead us along, attain a highways. We want to know. Fullness of Jesus. We want to enter his rest. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for this classical friends. I thank you for what you've done, for what you've said, for what you've taught us. It takes only your spirit to live by this word. Help us to realign our life. Help us to realign our life, Jesus, and to choose the path of life. We have so, so, so drifted away from the truth 
carried away by lust and we glory in the flesh. It is true that if it is not, the times will not shorten, the very elect will be deceived. But I pray, Father, that everyone who will listen to this audio, we come to the truths and we grow in the truths. And the flames upon their head will never go out. That their work with the Holy Spirit will be they will so work with you that they will people will be given and burning, but that all their appearances will chase demons. Their appearances will become an instrument of salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, thank you so much. I have exceeded time. Um, sorry about that. If you have any question, you can drop it in the group. After this um conference, I would love us to share our experiences with the group, what we learned and all that, to encourage other people to get the audio. I will also love us to share this particular audio file with a lot of persons. Let's start the evangelism from here. If you listen to this um, message, the teachings, the day one and day two, if you want it in MP3 file, I will also drop the MP3 file tomorrow morning. You can download and share to as many people as you can. Let's get the message of God out there and let's get the truth to people. Thank you so much, all of you, for, for being online. I don't take it for granted. I pray that the good Lord will bless us. Have a wonderful evening. Amen and amen.